Welcome to the Bethesda Christian Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit yourbcc.org or download our mobile app from the App Store. So what do you think? Is it, it might not have been such a silent night that uh, night that Jesus was born. We're going to talk a little bit about that night that uh, Jesus was born and those angels. And weren't they angelic uh, when they came to announce about Jesus and uh, the whole heaven? The whole heaven was lit up. Good morning. What a beautiful, beautiful morning. Postcard morning. I wanted to stop as I was driving up uh, Metro Parkway because the trees are just, they're so beautiful. Despite what in the world is going on, man, God is so wonderful. And what a picture he painted this morning. To start Advent, too. It's the first Sunday of Advent. Strange, it's November still, but just it's the way the calendar falls because Christmas is on a Saturday. And it's wonderful, wonderful to start the Christmas season. As we heard from uh, Pastor Barry, we're canceling some things. And that's really not all that bad. It's not all that bad. Plans have changed, and uh, some things are going to be different. Uh, but that's all right. That's all right. We're going to continue uh, with the series we planned for Sundays, which is going to touch on uh, some of the great songs of the season, some of the just wonderful hymns that tell the story of Jesus Christ. And despite that we might not be coming together on December 10th to sing a whole a bunch of those songs. It's an inconvenience, of course. Yes, it is. But is it really a hardship? Not really. This line has been just um, eating me up since the first Sunday of November. We talked about persecuted Christians. Played a video And the line, one of the lines in the video we played said, we do not pray that God would take away the hardship, but that God would give us the grace to be able to stand. And I've just been so humbled by that. It's been eating me up for weeks. I think about what we're going through. And then the 340 million Christians across the globe who've been persecuted just because they want to talk about Jesus Christ. And, and I'm humbled, and I think what we're going through, yeah, it's an inconvenience, but, man, it's not, not nearly as hard as what some people are going through. We do not pray that God would take away the hardship, but that God would give us the grace to be able to stand And though that seemed to be the attitude of so many in that video, God does, he does lift the hardship from time to time. I heard this testimony this morning. The last Wednesday that our youth group got together, they prayed. They prayed about persecuted Christians and specifically Christians in Haiti who have been uh, under persecution. And That was a Wednesday. Two days later, the following Friday, there were 
two missionaries who had been captive who were released. And so in a, in a small way, I think, thank you, Jesus. Our youth group took it seriously and they, they began to pray as we talked about on the first Sunday of November, just pray. There was a, a man in the video who said, when you don't know what to do, just pray. Pray is the core. Because these folks, they just want to be able to stand and tell others about Jesus, just to be messengers. And that's their goal. And if you take away anything today, here's, here's the sermon. Here is the sermon right now. If you take away anything this morning, be a messenger for Jesus. Be a messenger for Jesus. We sung a song today about being a magnifier of Jesus. Will you be a magnifier of Jesus, your Lord and Savior? Will you just be a simple messenger for Jesus? Here are these people across the earth. That's their goal. That's what they want to do. Just tell others about the great, great news of Jesus Christ. Despite any issues, hardships, problems, we have, yeah, and we're, hey, we're entering the second COVID Christmas. It seems there's no end in sight. But our hardship doesn't even compare with so many around the world who just for the sake of Jesus continue to endure, praying not that the hardship's lifted, but that they have the grace of Almighty God to stand and be messengers about the love of Jesus Christ. The coming of Christ into this world was marked by enduring. That was our, that was our theme last Christmas, enduring. Well, who'd have thought we'd still be enduring? But again, it's, it's not as the world endured looking for that first coming of Jesus. There was, there was a plan for Jesus from before there was even time, before there was such thing as a clock. God created people. And we know so many of us are familiar with the account. People turned against God. They rebelled against God. They sinned. But God had this great compassionate plan, didn't he? A plan to offer restoration, to offer redemption, to offer forgiveness for this debt because of sin, because of rebelling against Almighty God. And God would send a redeemer, a savior, God himself, God himself would come to the earth in the form of Jesus Christ. And to, to accomplish that, God built a nation of people. He built a nation from whom Jesus would be born. He chose a man named Abraham to begin this people. And they formed a nation. And for centuries, for centuries and centuries, God was involved in their lives. And yet over and over again, they rejected God. Don't want you. Don't want to have nothing to do with you. We don't need you. And yet there remained, albeit a small group, there remained a small but faithful group of people who continued to cling to God. And they were faithful and they believed and they looked forward. They believed what God said through his prophets that he was going to send the solution, a savior who would free the entire world from this debt of sin. 
And there were people who prayed and prayed and prayed for God's grace. And as the time drew near, God began to use his messengers, his creation called angels. And the accounts are, they're full in the New Testament. An angel named Gabriel came to a man called Zacharias and he said, you're going to have a son and and you're going to call him John and he's going to be the announcer of the Savior of the world. And that same angel appeared to the young virgin woman, Mary, and said, you are going to conceive a child by the Holy Spirit. He's going to be the Savior of the world. An angel appeared to her fiancé, Joseph, who wanted, once he heard that Mary was pregnant, he didn't want to have anything to do with her, but the angel said, no, take her as your wife. What's conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She's going to give birth to a child. Call him Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. And there were even more messengers. We saw in this cute little video, angels. The account's very familiar to us. Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem. They went for a census and to pay their taxes while they were there, she gave birth to Jesus. And then came these messengers, these angels. First, a single angel appeared to shepherds who were in the fields of Bethlehem in the hills, watching over their sheep. And then more. Let's read the account. I know it's very familiar to us, but I can never, ever get tired of this story. The account of uh, the birth of Jesus in Luke chapter 2. We're going to read verses 8 through 18. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them, angels, messengers. First, there was one. It was, it was kind of one to this group of shepherds. And then innumerable messengers, all to announce the birth of Jesus. And those shepherds, they became messengers too. They, they went out and told the the good news, they spread the word concerning and all who heard it were amazed. 
simple, simple shepherds. They learned about Jesus and then they spread the word. They became messengers too. Sometimes we get so wrapped up in our lives. What's going on? Issues, problems, whatever, distractions, things that just take our mind and our hearts off of what is priority and what's important. And we forget the simplest of things. Being a simple messenger to tell others, your Savior has come. You have hope. Let's never, ever forget to be messengers. Now, to that end, I want to encourage you with a story from history. A story from history that connects to one of the great hymns about Christ, our Savior, on Christmas. I begin in 1440 in Germany. A man named Johannes Gutenberg revolutionized uh, the printing industry. Gutenberg, he made this great innovation in printing. He developed movable type. Instead of having one big block that was hand-carved with each letter in it, he developed individual letters that could be set, and it just turned printing on its head. A page could be uh, set up, printed. No, it's still cumbersome. It was definitely still cumbersome. But it was a dramatic, dramatic advancement. Gutenberg had partners. One who would eventually sue him. So from about 1440 to 1445, he had his printing press. Then his partner sued him. He lost his printing press. He went bankrupt. But in that five years, he was able to print lots of flyers. He printed brochures, little pamphlets, one book. One book printed about 160, maybe they say about 180 copies of one book before his business was taken by his partner and he went bankrupt. And the book that... Gutenberg chose, chose to print was the Bible. It was the Bible, the Latin Vulgate. Gutenberg chose to be a messenger. A messenger for God by printing his word. He was a messenger, or in other words, a herald. The printing press spawned hundreds of newspapers that came to be called the Herald. You probably know of a newspaper called the Herald. They're messengers. They're messengers of news. They bring news. Gutenberg chose to be a herald of the good news. And though his business suffered and uh, others copied his, his innovations, his ideas, Johannes Gutenberg was remembered as the revolutionizer of printing. 400 years later, in 1840, in the city of Leipzig, Germany, it was the most populous city in Saxony, there was a festival to honor Gutenberg. 
there was a statue that was put in the square and was going to be unveiled. A composer named Felix Mendelssohn. He was commissioned to write some music for the event. He wrote what's called the Gutenberg Cantata. The festival came and went. But Mendelssohn, he thought, and why should this cantata just be a one-off? A one should be used for something more. He hoped that he could some, come up with some English words for, uh, for his music. He just could not find a text. He wrote a letter to uh, a friend named Edward Buxton. It was one of his English music publishers. And Mendelssohn explained, if the right words are hit at, I am sure that the piece will be liked very much by singers and hearers. But it will never do to sacred words. In other words, Mendelssohn thought, anything but a church song. He wrote his, he wrote his piece, anything but a church song. Sometimes people have ideas, but God's got a different idea. Twelve years later, a tenor and a church organist. He was called uh, William Cummings in Essex, England. Came across a poem that was called A Hymn for Christmas Day. It was written by a man named Charles Wesley. Wesley is one of the fathers of the Methodists. Cummings had this poem and he thought, the second movement of Mendelssohn's cantata. Yeah, that would work. The poem was 10 stanzas, four lines, each stanza. It opened with this line. It opened with uh, this line that says, Hark, the welkin rings. Glory to the King of Kings. Now, we don't really know that line very much. But Charles Wesley was a stickler for Scripture. And we read Luke chapter 2 about the messenger angels. It said they were saying, glory to God in the highest. So Wesley wrote about the welkin, which means the heavens. And how they were ringing glory to God in the highest. But we know the song a little bit differently. We know it talks about heralds. Hark the herald. Angels sing. What happened was a preacher named George Whitfield, another father of the Methodists, he decided to change Wesley's line. Wesley didn't love it, but he changed the opening line to the Familiar line we know, hark the herald angels. Hark, listen, hark, will you hear the messenger angels, the herald angels? They got something to say. Glory to the newborn king. The remainder of Wesley's poem, line after line, line after line, it's all based on scripture all about Jesus. The messenger angels came to tell about Jesus. They told the simple shepherds who went out and spread the word. The first verse, 
stick with Luke chapter 2. Second first. Christ by highest heaven adored. Christ the everlasting Lord. Late in time behold him come. Offspring of the virgin's womb. Matthew chapter 1 talks about that. Matthew's quoting Isaiah chapter 7. The virgin will conceive and will be with child. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. John chapter 1, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Pleased is men with men to dwell. Jesus, our Emmanuel. Again, this is back to Matthew chapter 1, Isaiah chapter 7. And you will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Third verse, hail the heaven born Prince of Peace. Come straight from Isaiah chapter 9. Hail the Son of Righteousness. Talked about that last Christmas. A whole message on the Son of Righteousness. Light and life to all he brings, risen with healing in his wings. Straight from Malachi chapter 4. For you who revere my name, the Son of Righteousness will rise with healing in his rays. Mild, he lays his glory by. Can't get around Philippians chapter 2 with that. Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be used to his advantage. No, rather, he made himself nothing. By taking on the very nature of a servant, by being made in human likeness, he became one of us. And being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself even, becoming obedient to death on the cross. To save us from our sins. The poem goes on, born that man no more may die. That's Jesus. Born that we won't die. Born to raise the sons of earth. Born to give them second birth. There's John 3.16. You must be born again. See, this hymn is the messenger's hymn. It's the messenger's hymn, the hymn of a herald. Gutenberg was a herald. It goes all the way back to the history of printing. And a song that was written, not about Jesus, but about the printer. And the composer didn't even want it to become a sacred song. And yet God, he can do whatever he likes. So it's become ensconced in history. It's a song about the messenger angels, messengers for Jesus, messengers about his saving grace. Today, will you be a messenger for Jesus? Will you be a herald like the angels, like the shepherds, regardless of what's going on in your life? Whatever, whatever distraction might be tugging at you, pulling at you, taking away your attention. Would you be a messenger for Jesus today? Pray not that the hardship be lifted, but pray for the grace to stand and simply say, hey, listen, your Savior's born. So many need to hear it. So many need to hear it. We don't have to go far and wide. 
really, we probably just need to knock on a neighbor's door. Say, hark, listen, I got some great news for you. You have a Savior. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, help us. God, help us to stand for Jesus. Help us to be magnifiers of Jesus. God, I pray for every single one of us who call on Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, that you would wash away the distractions, God, and help us to be messengers, heralds for our Lord and our Savior, to just share the simple love of Jesus Christ who died to save us from our sin. So many are hurting. So many need that message, God. And I pray that you would use us all to that end. Thank you. And God, if there's anyone in this house or touching us online who have never ever turned to Christ as Savior, I think now, now would be a great time. God, I pray. I pray for those hearts, Lord, that would see the need for a Savior, the need to be redeemed from their sin, saved, brought from death to life, born to to new life, to eternal life, born that second time. God, I pray and ask that you would just touch any who might be reaching out to you for that this morning. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you. Bless your people as they go. And God, use them. Use them. Help us to be people who say, God, don't lift the hardship. But use us, God, by your grace. Give us the grace to stand and tell others about Christ. Thank you for it, God. In Jesus' holy and precious name, amen.